0: Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarthy, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to Rachel McCartney, and welcome back to The Plotting Shed. Thank you again for your comments this week. It's always really nice to read them. And guess what? I was very excited. I have a real challenge on my hands this week in that I have got my first desert commission to do. So I am designing a front yard for a lovely lady in Arizona in the United States. So I've never done a desert garden before, so it's a little bit of a learning curve. And I'm having to think a lot about water and evaporation and wind and sun and all those sorts of things. So yeah, it's a real challenge. I'm, I'm really enjoying doing this particular design this week. And then I've got a couple of others I'm cracking on with. This is the busy time of the year. I'm, I'm to get most of my design work comes in, obviously, in the spring. But we still have to complete and do this series of the plotting shed on all of those design issues and garden problems that get under everybody's skin and everyone has them and very few books and very few tv programs deal with them because they seem to be a bit mundane or if they do deal with the problems they they do it deal with them in an extremely extravagant and expensive manner which is just not practical for the vast majority of people this week we're looking at the three and there are three the three types of slopes and sloping gardens that you can have. And there you are again, there's only two. Well no there isn't there's a third one. You have upslopes and we have downslopes, and the most tricky one are side slopes. See? Had you got that one side slopes? If we go backwards a little bit in terms of looking at gardens. There has been this expectation that lawns have to be level, neat, straight and flat. You know, that's almost kind of the judgment or the the way your garden has been judged is people come and look at your lawn and oh, it's really nice, it's really flat, it's well manicured and well maintained. And this then kind of puts the fear of God into people when they get a garden that's got upslopes, side slopes and down slopes, because your lawn can't be flat. It's got wonky. How are you going to get the mower up and down it if it's on a slope? It's more tricky. So there then becomes the obsession with making sure that we have flat spaces. And in order to get flat spaces, you have to do a lot of excavation and then retaining walls and Drainage system in order to have these lovely flat spaces. And I saw a picture on the internet of a small back garden. It was on quite a steep slope, and these people had, in fact, I think the picture's on my website, I'll, I'll put the link on, but the, these people had terraced all the way up this garden and spent a fortune creating little flat spaces and terraces all the way up for different levels of planting. And so obviously part of it could be a nice little flat strip of green grass and a nice little flat seating area, and then there were flat planting areas. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But it was jolly expensive, and the workload for for creating it must have been massive. It got me thinking. Most of the world isn't flat, unless you live in Norfolk or you live in Holland. Most of where we're at, our gardens are not flat so what do, what are the problems that that generate in terms of design how can you deal with that in terms of design easily and how much effort should you be putting into making your garden nice and level what are the design problems with sloping gardens apart from the blindingly obvious if you have a garden that slopes upwards then the ground rises up in front of your eyes. That gives the overall design impression that things are closer, which will mean that the boundaries will appear closer to you because they're higher up and they're above your head, maybe, and they feel more closed in. So upslopes make gardens feel shorter. Conversely, downslopes make gardens feel longer because you can see over the boundary. So you can see further than the edges of your own garden. Side slopes are a pain in the bum, let's face it. You put your patio table down, you put your chair down and you put cup of tea on the table and it tilts. So we have to find a way to level part of that. So what I'll do is I'll talk about upslopes first, first the design, the couple of little simple design tricks that you can use to make the garden feel longer. And then we'll talk about design principles and how much you should be really trying to change the landscape of your garden in order to achieve a garden that you can use easily. If we are on an upslope, there are some real problems that you have if the ground slopes up and away from your house. Not only does the garden feel closer to you, you can be shaded, especially if the sun is the other side. You know, the garden can suffer from lower light levels because it's pointing away from the sun. And obviously, then you have a real problem where you have to consider drainage and soil washdown and erosion. The last thing you want to be doing is literally sitting there and having water coming into your house so dealing with water runoff is really really essential. I've said that upslopes make the garden feel shorter so what we have to try and do when we're designing something is give the impression that there is more depth that it is further away even though it feels closer to you and there are two ways of doing that one is with focal points and the other is with colour. If you put a focal point at the furthest point, something that really grabs your attention, makes you look and maybe that focal point is reflective or it's really moves or it's a big interesting object that holds your attention you draw your eyesight to the furthest point of the garden and you make it seem like it's further away you don't notice so much the upslope what you're looking at is the attractive bit on the upslope now the second bit is with colour the general design principle is this the brighter and bolder the colours the more you notice them that tells you straight away what you should be doing is that you don't want to have big bright bold blousy colours on the far fence because those those colours will stand out they will feel closer so you end up making the garden feel closer because you put brighter colours at the far end or in all the way around in the garden so very much if you've got an upslope if you can try and stick to a more muted colour palette At the end of your boundary, the the plants that you use, if those can, should we say, complement the plants that may be on the other side of the boundary or further away, you can kind of join up your garden with plants that are outside your garden. And if you can conceal that end boundary, it makes it feel further away. The other design trick that you can do is on that end boundary, by the way, is introduce some false mirrors, some outdoor acrylic mirrors. Because if you put planting in front of them, then you get the reflection of those plants in the mirrors. And again, you just push the boundaries further away. So those are the two easiest ways that you deal with making it feel longer. The second thing, obviously, with upslopes, as I've said, is water runoff, and you cannot ignore this. But there are things that you can do to make that water runoff a feature. If you have a flat patio out to your edge of your upslope and you have a retaining wall, you have to direct the water away, otherwise it is just going to come onto the patio or run through the patio. So you have to have proper drainage channels. But what about if your, if your retaining wall was tall enough? Those drainage channels just ran out. You made some kind of water feature out of it. Now, I know that sounds a little bit Heath Robinson. But my mother, who is a very creative woman, she's always sculpting and making things and doing things. And she had this sort of retaining wall around their patio. And what she did was she created a, a small gully and then put a little gargoyle spout. And it just spouted down into the, the land train. But rather than just the water going down a downpipe, this little gargoyle spat the water and it went straight down the downpipe. It made a feature out of an essential design need. So you can just be a little bit creative with it in terms of where that water goes. But in essence, you've got to consider the soak You've got to have the ability, especially now that when we get rain, it's raining harder and heavier, that you have on your upslope the ability to hold soil erosion and also to direct the water flow away from where you're sitting. So what about downslopes? Now, you might think that it sounds great. got a downslope, it gives me a view over the fence. It gives me a view to the wider landscape. So my garden feels bigger. That's great, you get the idea of space, but having a downslope can also cause one or two design issues in the sense that if you've got a slope and you're sitting at the top of the garden, and the ground slopes away from you, you don't get to see the plants as well because they're kind of pointing away, they're down the slope, They're, they're not there where you can see it. And you can feel quite exposed because the garden slopes away And there you are, you're almost sitting on the top of a mound. So privacy can be a bit of an issue, but downslopes are much easier to deal with. And the way that you plant on a downslope is you play with perspective. So if the actual nature of the slope itself is an issue for you, then on your downslope you plant shorter plants closer to where you're sitting and taller plants further away. So you're looking down on the top of it, it seems level. And so you can enjoy seeing the plants from top to bottom. So the taller ones are further away, the shorter ones are closer to you. But down slopes aren't as much of a problem, obviously, as upslopes because the water runs away. As long as you've got enough ability at the top of the slope for the plants to get their moisture before it runs down the slope, that's the only other issue. So it may be that you have more drought tolerant or shallow rooted plants at the top of the slope, because obviously when it rains, the water gravity will take the water away more quickly. And the lusher greener plants that can take a little longer to absorb water further down the slope. But you sitting up on your perch, you can look down and you get the whole vista and then again you can see beyond your boundaries and you can create a really nice garden but that then takes us on to the third bit which is the most important bit i don't know about you but gardening is getting a darn sight more expensive you know the average plant is now 10 to 15 pounds a pot and if you're redoing a garden or you're getting in landscaping you know you're spending a serious amount of money. I always believe in unlocking the potential of the garden as cheaply as possible. I don't think gardens need to be incredibly expensively built in order to be more fabulous than one that isn't. So it's that best minimal value outcome. Can I maximise the output from the minimal cost inlay? to me that's a better designed garden because it uses less resources it's more cost effective and you're making the most of what you have so this gets me to the next point which is the leveling off of the garden this obsession with having flat lawns because that's what lawns should be we can't have a sloping lawn it's it's not what it's just not what we do Now, this is where you have to really begin to think about how you use your garden, because the only flat bit you really, really need to have is the bit that you sit at, and when you put your drinks on the table, they don't spill over. Now, that doesn't need to be a massive part of the garden. The most important consideration is, where do I want to sit? Now, if that's right outside your, your your house, that's great. The garden can slope up away from you or it can slope down from you. If it's a side slope, you have to kind of go 90 degrees. So you create your seating area either at the top of the side slope or at the bottom of the side slope. Then effectively, then got an up slope for the rest of the garden or a down slope. It's just at 90 degrees to the plane of your house. So it's exactly the same principle, but you just need to create one level seating area. Next question. If you have an upslope or a downslope and you've decided that your seating area should be further away from the house, you need to ask yourself two questions. Firstly, how are you going to get there? Because you need a simple, easy approach either whether you're going down steps or you're going up the slope to the garden. It's got to be convenient and easy to get to and all year accessible. But when you get there and you sit there, is the view worth it? Because we are inherently lazy people. Well, I am anyway. If you've got your cup of coffee on a Sunday morning and you open the patio doors and you step onto your patio and it's in shade, but you've got to go all the way up the slope to get the bit of sun up to the top, or you've got to go all the way down to the bottom of the garden to get the morning sun, are you really going to expend the effort to do that when you could just quite happily sit on a chair outside your back door? Now, the only reason I'm saying that is expense. Because if you landscape the garden, you will be moving tons of soil. You will be excavating, you will be putting in retaining walls and drainage, and you'll be creating flat areas. So if you are going to go to all of that effort and all of that expense to create a terrace that you're going to sit on, you need to be using it otherwise you're just wasting money. If you are, great, it is worth that expense, but not everything needs to be terraced and flat in between. You only need an access route to the top of the garden or the bottom of the garden. Now, you might be saying that, yeah, I know, but then it's sloping and we can't use the rest of the garden. Well, yeah, it is sloping and you can't use the rest of the garden, but what would you use it for? If you made a terrace and a flat area of lawn, you can't play football on it. You can't play cricket on it. You can't, the kids can't really run around on it because it's, it's not big enough. It's only a small leveled area. So what would you use a flat area for? And if you can't think what you would use it for, then the argument really is, well, why don't you just keep it as a slope? And slopes, especially for children, can be great fun. Imagine if you put a slide on your patio that went down through the flower borders and came out at the bottom of the garden. I bet it wouldn't only be the kids that would be using it, would they? So slopes aren't something to be frightened of, to be removed. The other side of slopes is if it is grass or if it is covered with vegetation, vegetation is very good at stopping soil erosion. So if you start terracing and removing all of the vegetation that holds that slope together, then potentially you are destabilizing part of the slope. So your retaining walls have to be big and hefty in order to cope with the fact that you've taken out what were the the anchors by removing some of the plants and in a small garden big solid sturdy retaining walls use up space now if you are going to have a retaining wall somewhere around the terracing or somewhere around your patio then i will give you this one really good tip make it bum perch height because you create instantly some extra seating And we will all do it if there is a wall that we can sit on and perch on on a summer's day. That you don't, you're not sitting down, you're just bum perching on it. You multitask the wall or the retaining wall. And so then you give yourself more use from a small space. So it's very, very simple comes to undulating ground. That I think first of all, let's just be a bit more relaxed about it. Your lawn doesn't have to be flat. And if you only have a small garden anyway, and you thought, yeah, but the kids can run around and play, they haven't really got enough space to run around and play. If you want to disguise the slope, then the way you do it is with planting. That as the slope drops down away from you, you use taller plants down the slope, shorter plants at the top. Similarly, the other way round. If the ground slopes up from you and you don't like that, then have slightly taller plants at the front and lower ones at the back. And it will disguise the slope. Only flatten the bit that you are really, really going to use all the time. Because that's where the cost is. That's where the expense and the effort comes in making one area usable. And let's face it in a small garden you only need one area that you can sit out and you can lounge lounge out in so to make the garden feel bigger make the garden feel longer use muted color palettes try and copy if there's a plant in a next door neighbor's garden that peeps over the top of the of the fence have one of those in your garden so it ties in with the wider landscape it'll give you the impression your garden is bigger If you have a very enclosed garden and a really steep slope, use vertical plants. Now, you may say, yeah, but that's going to make it even even more enclosed. Well, perhaps not, because, again, if the flowers are on a tall vertical plant, you have to look up to see the flowers a little bit. Well, that directs your view up to the sky, which is a big space. So it just, it's playing around with perspective. I know it's a lot to cover. I will put some links in. I've got two or three articles on my website about sloping gardens. You'll see one of them is a design that I created for a side slope garden. And well. it was a side slope, upslope, shallow, wide, very new, nothing in it garden with a wall and a hill behind it, but we managed. You'll see what I did. So have a look on the website, but don't be frightened of slopes. Embrace it. Think of it as an advantage. Flat can be really dull, So if your garden isn't flat, it has a level of interest that somebody else's doesn't have. And let's see if we can play and work with what you have to maximize the potential of your garden for the minimal cost outlay. And then you've designed it really, really well. I will speak to you next week. And in the meantime, have a fabulous week bye for now well thank you for listening you have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed if you've got any questions about this podcast please email me rachel at plantplot.com or you visit the website we loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice along with planting plans that you can download you can look at the designs that we've created so do take a look And please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go on to the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.